0: Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Good to be with you today. Um, it is Michigan out there. We've had quite the swing in weather lately. I don't know um, if you're enjoying this, if you're enjoying hopefully the weather yesterday, um, but only in Michigan. Uh, you get a week where you experience snow and then within the week uh, you, you can burn your bald head on, on the weekend. So hopefully you enjoy the weather this weekend. It's good to be back. With you today. But if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, you can go ahead and find the book of John. We're going to be in John chapter 11 this morning. If you were here with us last Sunday, it was so good to be able to be together to celebrate the resurrection and to remember the life that Jesus gives to each and every one of us. And Pastor Jeff did invite us to stop looking for the living among the dead. And reminded us that we serve a risen Savior who is at work in our world and in our lives today. It was so good to be together for that and to celebrate with all of you that Easter morning. But today we do get to continue a little bit into Easter. I don't know if you know this, but in the Western church... Easter Sunday begins a season called Tide, which is a super cool word. But we get to continue into Easter. Um, Easter isn't over for us. Easter is never over for us. Every Sunday is an opportunity for us to celebrate the resurrection and the new life that we have in Jesus. And so today we get to do that. We get to continue in our celebration of life as we look at some words about resurrection from Jesus In John chapter 11. But before we read that, I know I'm I'm jumping ahead and telling you we're going to read and then we're not, but I wanted to set this up a little bit with some context about our passage because honestly we're kind of jumping into the middle of a passage this morning. And in the verses leading up to what we're about to read this morning, we learn that Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, is sick. And Jesus is really good friends with Lazarus. And so Mary and Martha send word to him to let him know that their brother is not doing well. And we're not told exactly what their expectations were when they told Jesus this news about their brother's health. But as we get into this story a little bit, we kind of get the feeling that there was at least some hope that Jesus would have been able to heal Lazarus, right? And you kind of can figure this out by reading through the New Testament. At this point, Mary and Martha would have seen Jesus do countless miracles. And so it makes sense that if Jesus would have healed strangers, he would have certainly wanted to heal his good friend, right? But before Jesus gets to him, Lazarus dies. And so that hope is kind of gone, and Mary and Martha are probably left with some questions for Jesus. And so that's where we pick up our story this morning. And so if you are able, I do want to invite you to stand with me this morning as we read what is good news. I promise it's good news from John chapter 11 this morning. This is John eleven seventeen through 27. When Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was a little less than two miles from Jerusalem. Many Jews had come to comfort Mary and Martha after their brother's death. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, while Mary remained in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Martha replied, I know that you will rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though they die. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? She replied, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, God's son, the one who is coming into the world. This is the word of God for the people of God, and our response is always thanks be to God. So, before my family moved here to Portage, Kalamazoo area, we spent seven years in the St. Louis, Missouri area, and we loved St. Louis. We came to love that city. And so once in a while, um, friends will ask us, you know, what were some of our favorite things to do in St. Louis? Maybe they're taking a trip there, or they're passing through. And so we have some things that we're always sure to mention as some of our favorites that we want people to experience. So we always mention the St. Louis Zoo. Um, it's one of the best zoos in the country, and it's free, which is also one of my favorite things. So we got two good things going on there. Love the zoo, and then we also always mention Forest Park. Uh, St. Louis has a city park that's bigger than Central Park in, in New York City. Um, it's really cool. There's uh, paddle boating you can do throughout uh, the park. There's restaurants on the water. Just a pretty cool place uh, to be in just to hang out a little bit. Um, but we we always share these, these favorite places to, in St. Louis because St. Louis has kind of gotten a bad rap in the news the last couple of years, but it really is a beautiful city. There's so much to do. And like I said, a lot of it is actually free. Um, One of the things that I always share that people need to experience, and I I qualify this with I know that not everyone is a nerd, and so this is a little bit of a a niche uh, interest maybe, Um, but I always share with them the St. Louis Basilica, the the Cathedral Basilica there. And I've got some pictures for us this morning. Uh, This, of course, is a Roman Catholic cathedral. It's over 100 years old. And the reason that I love this is because of the mosaic artistry. The cathedral contains 41 million glass tiles that make up these mosaics, and three generations of artists from the same family worked on this project over 80 years. So it's pretty, pretty incredible, um, and I love how the art just tells the stories of the scriptures. And Harold, you can show that next slide, too, so they can see the inside. It's just this fantastic work of art that is a building. It's pretty amazing. But one of my favorite mosaics is one on the side dome in the cathedral, and it reads, if Christ is not risen, your faith is vain. I don't know if you can see that. It's at the very bottom of that curved part. You're just going to have to trust me that that's what that says. Um, but I love that phrase. I think it's a great reminder of how central resurrection is to our faith. But depending on where you're standing in this cathedral, the phrase changes a little bit, okay, because that dome is curved, and so if you move to the left side of the cathedral, it cuts off the word if, so it just reads, Christ is not risen, your faith is vain, which is unfortunate, like it changes, it changes the meaning a little bit. If you move all the way to the front, and you're up by the altar, and the lectern up there, again, it's curved, so it cuts off half of the phrase, so it just says, your faith is vain, okay? Okay. It gets worse. So, um, so I, I can just imagine, though, these, these artists that have worked on this, this beautiful uh, piece of art for so long come down from their scaffolding and they're on the floor, and they look up and they realize that depending on where you're standing in the room, it says your faith is vain. But then also, the priest gets up there every Sunday morning and has to stand in that lectern with the words, your faith is vain, like in front of him all the time. So it's a tough place to preach, I would imagine. But I love the words that were intended to be seen. If Christ is not raised, your faith is vain. And they echo words from 1 Corinthians 15, and I want to read those for us this morning. These are words from Paul. If Christ hasn't been raised, then our preaching is useless, and your faith is useless. If Christ hasn't been raised, then your faith is worthless, and you are still in your sins. And what's more, those who have died in Christ are gone forever. If we have a hope in Christ... Only in this life, then we deserve to be pitied more than anyone else. If Christ is not raised, our faith is in vain. These are some pretty depressing words to read. If Christ is not raised, right? But what Paul is saying and what the words in the cathedral want to capture is this idea that resurrection is one of two things. It's either absolutely nonsense or it has the power to change everything. And Christianity has always insisted that Jesus' resurrection is central to all that we believe. But that that doesn't mean that resurrection is something that's easy for us to wrap our mind around. It can be really difficult for us to believe in something so miraculous, something that is so unfamiliar. We don't see people coming back from the dead every day, right? And so if this is you this morning, if you struggle with this, know that you are in some good company this morning. We know that... Thomas said that unless I see the hands and the feet and the scars for myself, and I can touch them, I will not believe that Jesus has been raised. It's challenging for us to wrap our mind around resurrection because it is either absolutely nonsense or has the power to change everything about our lives and our world. But what I love about our passage this morning is that not only are we told by Jesus himself that he is resurrection and life, but we're also told a story in which someone else is wrestling with this question, wrestling with this idea of what is resurrection. They're wrestling with how it works and what it means and what the power of resurrection means for us now and what Jesus could be possibly up to in what seems like an incredibly impossible situation. But Jesus doesn't take the time to fully explain resurrection before he brings it to them. And I think that that's a pretty interesting point. And my hope for us this morning is that as we continue in our story, we will discover why resurrection and new life matters for us, even right now, where we are in our life, maybe even before it seems possible for us. In our story, we of course meet Mary and Martha, and they're mourning the loss of their brother. And Jesus assures them that Lazarus will rise again. And Martha tells Jesus, I know that he will rise in the resurrection on the last day. And so this morning, we need to pause here for just a second to understand that the people of Israel had always believed in a resurrection of the dead, or at least that was the predominant view, okay? There was a group called the Sadducees who did not believe in the resurrection, okay? In fact, not only did they not believe in a resurrection, but they also didn't believe in any kind of afterlife at all, okay? So this is all that there is, what you're experiencing right now. It's kind of a bleak way to look at things, but... That is why some say that they were so sad, you see, okay? That's the worst preacher's joke ever. I will not use it again, but now you will remember that the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection, right? Okay, you guys are going to groan about that for a while. Um, but outside of those Sadducees, the majority of the Jews embraced this idea of resurrection. They, they believed that at the last day, God would raise the dead for judgment and for justice and so when jesus assures martha that lazarus will rise again this is not something that is surprising to martha she absolutely would have believed and had hoped that lazarus would be raised eventually but this resurrection that they believed in was an event that was in the future and so the resurrection was a distant hope for them it would happen someday But Jesus' next words to Martha are absolutely huge, and they're the focus for us this morning. In verse 25, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live, even though they die. And so it's in this moment, with these words, that Jesus declares that he himself is the resurrection and the life. And so Jesus does what Jesus always seems to do, and he not only challenges Martha's understanding of things, but he completely re-describes what the majority of Jewish tradition would have believed. He takes the hope of a resurrection that they would have always understood as a future event that was a long way off, and he completely re-describes it. Not as an event that is coming someday off in the future, but as a person He says that in jesus in himself this future event was breaking into their present I'm gonna take a sip of water really quick before we continue. I was in a good flow too But in 2015 I want to share a little bit of a story with you this morning in 2015 I attended an event called MYC, okay? And for some of you, you think of New York City. That's not what this is. This is Nazarene Youth Conference, okay? And so every four years, uh, teenagers from across the United States and Canada, they gather for this opportunity of worship and service and teaching, and it's pretty incredible. This one was in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, Next year, 2023, our students will have the opportunity to go to NYC 2023 um, in Tampa Bay, Florida. And so I'm excited to hopefully have some of our students be able to go on that trip. And so in the months ahead, we'll start to talk about how you can financially bless our students and allow them to go uh, to Tampa Bay. So that's my limited commercial this morning for NYC 2023. But I wanted to share about NYC 2015 this morning because for me... That event will have forever a little bit more of a personal memory attached to it than what was just an incredibly impactful week um, with with my students. Um, In the middle of that week, Morgan made the drive from St. Louis to Louisville uh, to tell me that she was pregnant with our first son, Owen. And so it was, yeah, I mean... It was fun, Uh, but I didn't know she was coming that week. And so it was it was a really special time for us uh, to celebrate that news together. But it was in that moment that a future life event began to break into our present because we talked about what it would be like to be parents. We were really excited about that potential, but at least for me, it was in that moment that it became real that in less than nine months we were going to be parents and I remember how both excited and also terrified I was uh, with, with this news because it was changing everything. And suddenly the future you know, prospects of Owen coming into our life became part of our everyday life. And we began to plan and think and have normal conversations about things like painting a nursery, right? Uh, discussing those baby names, reading those parenting books, or buying the parenting books if you're me. And then Morgan actually read a lot of them. So <laughs> it's, it's good for her. Uh, But we even did things like attending birthing classes and doing all these things that you want to do to prepare for that moment, even though there's nothing that can fully prepare you for that moment and then the season of life that is coming thereafter. But Owen wasn't born until March of the following year, but it was in 2015 at NYC that that future event began to break into our present and change our life as we began to live into that reality that was coming. And now six years later, Owen and now Theo are still continuing to change everything about our present. But every analogy breaks down, and there is no way to fully describe what God does for us in the resurrection. But what is so radical about our passage this morning isn't that Jesus teaches that there will be a resurrection. Because Martha knew that. Israel knew that. The crazy thing that we read this morning is that Jesus says that he himself is the resurrection and the life. And that the hope that Israel had always expected, what was always a long way off, had broken into the present and the person of Jesus. I don't want to ruin the story for you this morning because... Um, Spoiler alert, if you haven't read the story of Lazarus, Jesus raises him from the dead. Okay, like if if you don't know this, this is not something we have time to get into the rest of this passage. It's a long one, okay? Go home, read that today. But the really good news for you and me this morning is that what Jesus did for Lazarus, he did for you and for me that first Easter morning that we celebrated last Sunday when he himself was resurrected from the dead. And again, that hope of the resurrection that was supposed to be this event that was a long way off in the future broke into the present. But this time it wasn't just for Lazarus. It was for people of all times and all places. And in Jesus we discovered that God is a God of life and a God who brings things back from the dead. The crazy thing is we shouldn't be surprised that Jesus understands himself as someone who gives life away freely, right? Because God has always been. A God who brings life to broken and seemingly dead situations. We see this throughout the New Testament for sure, but even the Old Testament is full of stories of God working in dead situations to bring life. We know the story in Ezekiel about the dry bones being given life so that they can live again. We know how God journeyed with his people In egypt and brought them out of exile bringing life to them again God has always been a god who brings life to dead and broken situations It's who he is It's just what he does And so as I was thinking about this passage this week and and last week a little bit as we celebrated easter together And about what it means for us I began to think that we have a lot in common with with martha in this story because just like martha I think we know that resurrection is good news eventually. I think we know that we celebrate that someday, that eventually we have hope that we will enter into eternity with Jesus. Right? As followers of Christ, we have hope because we believe that he will come back. And when he returns or he calls us home, that's an exciting event. Right? We should look forward to that. Because when Christ returns, the dead will be raised. Jesus will be king. All that is wrong in the world will be made right. The injustices that have occurred throughout history, they'll all be brought to justice. That is good news, and that is the good news that comes at the end of the story for us as Christians. But what I want to preach for us this morning, what I'm convinced that we need to hear is the same thing that Martha needed to hear that day is that the hope of the resurrection isn't just for someday. It's for today. I was reading a book by Andrew Root a while back, and he's one of my favorite authors who combines theology and youth ministry. And in one of his books, he said something about resurrection that stuck with me. He said, resurrection isn't something that Jesus does, nor is it something that God does through Jesus. Resurrection is something that Jesus is. It's the core of Jesus' very being. Jesus is the fullness of life that has come to humanity. And so this morning, we believe that where Jesus shows up, he brings life because it's who he is. And so, for us this morning, as we remember that Jesus is resurrection and Jesus is life, I want us to remember the times in our life when God has shown up and brought life to us in the midst of our our broken situations. The times when God has brought life to our relationships and our homes and so many different situations. Because this morning we read a passage that tells us a story about how God showed up in the present to bring life where it was needed most. But I'm willing to bet this morning that we read that passage, but we didn't need to read that passage to know that it's true. We've experienced it for ourselves, right? We've experienced how God shows up in those moments when we need him most, when we are going through our greatest struggles and he shows up and brings life. And so this morning I want us to reflect on that, reflect on God's faithfulness and the ways that he has been present with us in those times. But this morning, I also want us to consider what parts of our life that God may want to bring back to life. Because we all have these areas in our life, these things in our life, and sometimes they even seem hopeless, right? Things that we feel like are too far past, what we would consider maybe they're being hoped for. But the good news about the resurrection is that sometimes it's hard to wrap our mind around We don't always see it coming, and it certainly is something that doesn't always seem possible. And so this morning, I want to read just a little bit more from our story this morning because I think it captures this so well. Starting in verse 38, it says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been in there for four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? You see, Mary and Martha hoped that Jesus would arrive in time to heal Lazarus. But they probably didn't think that there was much hope for their brother once he'd been in the grave for four days. And Martha, she actually tries to stop Jesus from doing what he's about to do. And the reason that she has is because it's going to be smelly, right? This is her reason. She has well-reasoned logic. We have some obstacles in our way lazarus stinks now like this is this is the obstacle she lets get in the way but i love jesus's willingness to bring life in spite of martha's consistent pessimism and her well-reasoned logic and before we're too hard on martha this morning i think we need to remember how often we we find ourselves in the same place right with the same pessimism and the same well-reasoned logic about what God can do in our life. We have those things. We have plenty of things, situations and relationships, that if we're being honest, maybe we aren't holding out a lot of hope for. We all have things that need that new life, but for one reason or another, we doubt that that new life is possible. But if Jesus is teaching us anything in this passage today, it's that where Jesus is, we should expect life. We should expect situations and people and maybe things that we feel like are just too far gone. We should expect them to get another chance at life. Because life is who Jesus is. Life is what Jesus provides. And these words of Jesus that we read this morning, they are such good news for us. Because that event that is far off in the future, something that we look forward to, but we feel like maybe distant, it comes to us in our present, breaks into our now, and it brings life to us in the places where we need it most. And so this morning, I do want to encourage us to remember the places where our resurrected King has brought life to us in the past, and remember that that is still who He is today. But then I also do want us to remember what things in our life May God just be saying, don't give up on this thing, because I'm a God of life, and bringing things back to life is what I do. Would you stand with me this morning as we pray? Lord Jesus, we do thank you for being life for us. We thank you that you're a God who gives us hope for tomorrow and for eternity, but that that hope does meet us here today. And this morning I pray that you would go with us this week and that we would remember that it's in your name that we find victory, God, and we find life. I pray that you would help us to be people who carry the hope of Jesus with us this week as we go, and that we would remember that you are a God who gives life away freely simply because it's who you are. It's in your name I pray. Amen. And now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord and Jesus Jesus Christ, which is someday, but it's also today. So go in his peace, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities podcast. We hope you will join us next week. We would love to connect with you today. If you're listening to our podcast, please fill out a Connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website.